Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast, providing you with insightful commentary and developments in the world of healthcare leadership. To learn more, visit ACHE.org. And without further ado, your host, Chris Caraggio. Well, hello again, once again, everyone. I'm Chris Caraggio, your host of this Healthcare Executive Podcast. And our uh, we are very pleased to have our guest, Mr. Jake Poor, ACHE faculty member, here with us. Uh, he's here to talk about, in this episode, about the patient and employer experience in the healthcare environment. And we're going to cover two topics uh, under that heading, if you will. One, elevating the human experience, and number two, building a workforce that keeps that brand promise. Before we do all that, I want to give a little background about Jake, president of Integrated Loyalty Systems Incorporated in Orlando, Florida. Jake and his team are transforming healthcare by hardwiring the human side into every single aspect of patient experience, including people, processes, and physical environment. His unique and innovative approach engages patients, staff, and providers as the experience architects, fostering ownership, buy-in, and ensuring accountability and sustainability. And before all that... Jake spent 18 years with the Disney Company, arming 60,000 employees to create positive, individualized experiences for 25 million visitors yearly. Jake, thank you so much for joining this Healthcare Executive Podcast. It's my honor, Chris. Thanks. You got it. You got it. Okay. You've done a lot. Yeah. You've done a lot. Um, a lot of gray hair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little bit. Let, let's get into this. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the patient experience because that's paramount, right? That's what that that's extremely important uh, on every system across the board when you're talking about health systems. Okay. So the latest research on the experience. Okay. That 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 what patients want and need during their their time and and post time of their healthcare experience. Let, let's go. Let, first question: Is it different now than maybe five or ten years ago? No, I don't think. I think it's we're paying more attention to it because it's tied to value-based purchasing. It's showing up on our patient satisfaction scores. Our satisfaction scores are tied to financial reimbursement for Medicaid, and Medicare. Sixty percent of our revenue comes from Medicaid and Medicare. Mm-hmm. I think um, many of us or many of our clients in healthcare administration are are being dragged into consumerism, kicking and screaming, reluctant compliant. Um, those who are, were ahead of the game um, are enjoying this place. But uh, So there's the laggers in there, and there's the drivers. Um, so, yeah. When you're talking about the, the laggers, what didn't they prepare for? Well, it used to be okay. Let's take five, year, five to ten years ago. Okay. Let's, let's go pre-Obamacare. Okay? It. it was okay to be clinically excellent. It was okay to be highly reliable and safe, uh, even though we weren't. Um, patient experience, customer service, service excellence, consumerism was a nice to do. It wasn't a need to do. Um, patients should be happy we saved their son's life, but I can't tell you how many CEOs have sent me letters that start out with, thank you for saving my son's life, but we're never coming back. Mm. Patients are experts of what they know and understand, and then they'll judge us on what they don't know and understand. They're experts of cleanliness and friendliness and bedside manner. Um, they don't know whether you washed your hands or not. They don't know how safe you are. Now, our expectation is that gets us in the door. But what gets us to come back is how you treated me with dignity and respect. And so I think it was euphemisms for being nice or bedside manners were kind of things we should do, kind of the golden rule stuff. But it's not woven into pre-op op, or post-op or how we do chemotherapy or radiation. 
Now it has to be integrated in everything we do. Otherwise, it becomes, I guess, random act of kindness at best. Yep. And otherwise, there is a disconnect, which leads me to the next question, because um, the patient experience is different. For, for one patient, it, it could be one thing. For another, you know, it could be a completely different, go, go down a different road. So how do you... How do you identify that disconnect, and how do you ensure that it doesn't happen? Well, the first place to start is to, is to build the foundation of, uh, of always. Now, everybody doesn't fit into the always. Some of us are black or white and Christian and atheists and gay and straight. We're not, we're not uh, on all people. So if, you, if an administrator says to me, we treat everybody exactly the same, then shame on you. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not the same. So we work with a lot. Uh, let's take faith-based organizations for a moment. If you're a Christian organization, a Catholic organization, and prayer is part of your spirituality that you offer, that's great, but you have to check to make sure that that's something they want. You can't impose prayer on somebody, for instance. You can't do final rites for somebody who's not Catholic. You have to ask permission. That's a common sense thing. But we do that clinically and operationally all the time. Do you want to be called by your first name or your last name? Chris? Oh, yeah. I, usually my first name. Okay. Only my first name. So if I come out to the lobby area and shout out your last name... Yeah. I've disconnected. The same is true, and, and, and that's why our logo of our company is the yin and the yang. How we treat our patients should mirror how we treat each other. So when we hire a new employee of clients I work with, um, Dignity Health Medical Foundation, for okay. instance, you get to fill out, totally voluntary, your personal inventory. What do you like to be called? What do you want on your name tag? What's your favorite snack food, soda drink? Uh, what do you like to do when you're not at work? Do you like to go to the movies with the kids? Do you like to go on a bike, 10-speed bike ride? That's good information for a manager to know, so I'm not just spraying and praying recognition at you. Here's a $5 Starbucks coffee coupon. When you don't even drink Starbucks coffee, you drink Diet Dr. Pepper and you love candy bars. Well, that's exactly what we want to do with the patient. So, And the dry erase board, when we redo an inpatient dry erase board, what do you want to be called? Uh, is there anybody else in the family we should know with? Or in a long-term care facility or an end-of-life situation, what, what did dad used to do? What was his occupation? What's his nickname? What's his favorite form of music? So when he slips into a coma, which we all eventually will, what music do you want us to play? Do you want us to spray and pray music exactly like we spray and pray recognition with our employees? So this is not rocket science, but it is hard work because you have to ask so you have to ask patients when they come in to do their tour before they're having their baby. By the way, what do you like? Do you like the door open or do you like the door closed? Are you claustrophobic or do you like your privacy? Are you gay or straight? Uh, we can't ask those questions, but it might nice to know is if your significant other male is male or female. Mm-hmm. So that we can create plays in the playbook that are for unique patient populations. And so what I mean by we have to get a baseline first is we have to get what we stand for, what we won't stand for first. And a lot of times we use patients and focus groups and employees because employees are the closest. The closer you are to the patient experience, the easier this is. And they will tell us. They'll tell us about best practices and most important, the lessons learned, what I used to do and I never do anymore. And those need to be written down. So now we have a baseline. Now we can tweak it and customize it for those unique patient populations. If it's your first baby, different emotional altitude than it's your fifth baby. Definitely. If you've had three miscarriages and this is the fourth one, by golly, we better we better make sure we get you emotionally in check. Individualized. That's what you're talking about, right? I mean, it, it's, it, it's a simple thing, but like you said, you have to ask um, to, to make sure all those boxes are checked, if you will, right? Let's talk a little bit about, because social media plays into everything, okay? Everything that we do these days. Um, and it can be such a positive thing. But it can also, you know, you can look at it the other way. All you need is one negative review, one bad comment, right? How do you deal with that in the healthcare space? Well, what was it? Thomas Paine, I think one of our 
American Revolution forefathers said, lead, follow, or get out of the way. If you look at Sharp Healthcare, um, I worked with them, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago in building the Sharp experience. They wanted to create an intentional culture. They wanted to lead the way to be the best healthcare institution in the universe, was their mission, right? Mm. Then there's those of us in primary care or physician offices that react, react to a complaint on, on um, uh, a physician. I can't. Yeah. Think. Well, any 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 negative complaint, right? Is right. there an overreaction, and is that necessary? Well, here's my my point. The only way you can lead the way is you have to define what you stand for, what you stand, what you won't stand for first. If you're going to get out of the way, then you're going to be out of business because patients are talking about eight out of 10 people will not complain in the moment. They take that complaint with them and they just leave. And then they'll get on LinkedIn, Facebook, um, any website uh, and complain about you. And the question is, can you create a workforce of three or four interns that do nothing but mine social media to make sure they're doing service recovery? Yeah, you could. Um, that's a follow. Wouldn't you want to lead the way? So social media can make or break us. And, and my thing is once you build your intentional culture, your intentional patient experience, I think you should encourage your patients to get on the websites that you want to be searched by um, and there's a lot of organizations that are leading the way. Um, but otherwise, you're going to be reactive. And at the very least, uh, as far as Maslow's hierarchy of need, you have to have a complaint management system in place. Celebrate the ones. I think airlines do the best. S Southwest Airlines, I was just on American Airlines yesterday. We had delayed, tons of delayed um, things out of Orlando to come here. I was, mm -hmm. I was scared to death. I was going to miss my presentation today. And I put information on their instant thing, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Same with the hotel that we're staying in across the street. Um, you know, you can pick your bed, but nobody firm back. It's, it's that lag time that adds anxiety and fear uh, to that process. The same with patients. Same with patients. Patients, and, and there's a great book that came out about five years ago called The Power of the Purse. Do you remember who wrote that? The Power of the Purse. It talks about how women in America... Um, are powerful in healthcare because they're the ones who decide ultimately what house we live in because they want it close to a school district that they want to be close to, that our kids go to school in. Um, and they choose the healthcare plan if they're not part of a healthcare institution. We need to pay power, we need to pay um, attention to the websites and the social media that they mine because they're making business decisions on where their family's going to be going ultimately for healthcare. Where do they birth a baby? Where do they take that teenager? Ultimately is the power of the purse. And I think we need to be paying attention to that. And so do you want to be a driver? Do you want to be a lagger? Or do you want to get out of the way? That's, I think you have to have at least someone, three people who are mining your social media or the social media will eat your lunch. Yep, that's true. That's true. Okay, let's talk a little bit now about um, the employee um, experience. Uh, is, there a, is there a link between the employee and the patient experience? I mean, obviously there is, but, but in, what, in what aspect? Well, um, when I was at Disney, uh, a CEO of a major oil company came up to me and says, how many, how long, how many hours do your employees, 65,000 employees, how many hours a year do your employees get training in customer service? I said, the average is 60 to 80. He said, oh my gosh, what if you train all these employees 60 to 80 hours in customer service and they take that training and they leave? I said, what if we don't train them and they stay? <laughs> That's patients, the right question to ask. That's you're right. right. You're patients right. are experts of what they know and understand. What gets them in the door is your clinical excellence, your infection control, and your morbidity or your clinical outcomes. That gets them in the door. 
But what gets them to come back is how you treated them and their family, how well you communicated with them. I just wrote a blog yesterday that patients aren't, patients aren't angry. What did I say? Patients are not upset as much about the wait time as they hate being kept in the dark. So what we do with our employees should mirror what we do with the patients. We have to select the right fit. I don't need a th another thoracic surgeon. I don't need another housekeeper. I need someone who's delivering on the promise of our brand. What is our promise? Uh, Dignity Health, we, uh, we extend the healing ministry of Christ. That's the mission. But what's our brand? Our brand in the community is, hello, human kindness. Yeah. And how do we unite healing and human kindness is the internal brand that unites us. That's our true north. But if we don't do that with each other, it's not going to happen. It's not going to mirror how they do with that with the patient. So if we don't start meetings on time, we don't educate them in new employee orientation. If we don't translate what we said in general orientation to the departmental playbook. It'll bleed over, right? Bingo. It's yeah, not, right. It's or not. That's the point. You're right. You're it right. it yeah. won't mirror it and it won't be sustainable. You just have to be aware of that, though. I mean, again, that's sort of common sense, right? But if you're not aware, and it's very easy not to be aware of that link and how it could bleed into, right? So uh, th that awareness, you know. Well, our greatest, our greatest problem of, of that awareness is we've always done it that way. Yeah, yeah we're still so. We're still using a foreign language, triage, discharge, NPO. And if our patients, if our team members don't know what that means, and somebody asks, can I have something to eat, and your NPO... There you go. We've yeah. always done it that way. Is the greatest enemy of the culture change, so it's the greatest enemy of the patient experience. I understand. Okay, let's talk about, uh, and, and you, you're great at this because you're the expert, but a, a, a blueprint uh, to create that, that world-class experience. And you've, you've kind of said it already, but if you could kind of summarize what that would be for a patient um, and for the employees, you know, to, that world, that, that perfect scenario. Well, Chris, I... I've been doing this 35 years, both at Disney now, 17 years in, in healthcare, and I'll give you the secret sauce. Okay. Uh, and here, here, here it is. <laughs> Here's in a nutshell. If you can get a group of thoughtful, positive influencers together and have them not only create the blueprints, but then spend the next six months to 12 months implementing those blueprints, the secret sauce is getting physicians, nurses, and staff to think it's their idea. In 2019, here we are, March 2019, mm -hmm. mark my words top-down doesn't work anymore. You can't build a culture from the outside. You can't take the Disney way. You can't take the Ritz-Carlton way. You can't take the Cleveland Clinic way. That's AstroTurf. It doesn't grow. It looks good when you lay it down at first, but the staff and the physicians have to get together, and it takes time, and you got to pay them. you got to pay physicians RVUs to show up. But when they get a group photo of the people who have designed something intentional, not only does it mirror how we treat the patient, but it mirrors how we treat each other. Now you got a baseline to build a culture from. Now, the greatest and easiest way to do this is start from scratch. You know, BJC in St. Louis built a hospital future called Progress West. We got to build a culture before we hired the architects, before we hired the CEO. That was a great project, but that's not reality. Yeah. You got to build this plane while you're flying this plane. And so building the culture while you're actually delivering the culture, it's not easy. No. But it's, it's good that we have folks like you to kind of lay that out or at least make us, oh, again, aware of that fact. Okay, finally, Jake, uh, as one of the ACHE's expert faculty members, um, you support um, the choice program, the, the tailored program that, that they, have, they have pushed out here. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, um, how, how you tailor those learn, uh, learning objectives to, to different topics, topics that you that they're near and dear to you, the, the patient experience, consumerism, employee experience, and relationship management? Sure. Uh, in, in a nutshell, 
I've never done the same presentation twice. And, and the way that helps keep me fresh is also you have to customize it to that organization's culture. Where I, I try to meet them where their culture is. So I try to fly in a, a day or two. So let's just say they want to do a one-day leadership retreat, an ACHE faculty. We have a two-day cluster that we do on the road that's generic. And we'll just show you the generic blueprints to create a world-class service culture uh, um, but they want a one-day version of that, and they want it customized to them. Well, I'll come in a day before, and we'll do a wheelchair cam. I'll strap a wheelchair, a, a camera to a wheelchair, push it around, put it to music. So the next day, I'll talk about the patient experience at 37 inches tall, not 72 inches tall, which I am. So they'll see it from the patient's wheelchair point of view. We'll look at their slides from their new employer orientation, and I'll, I'll take their mission, vision, and values, and I'll customize it in. So it's heavily customized to where they are. And what we don't want to do, Chris, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. If they already have a good on-the-spot recognition program or a service recovery process or a great new employee or new leader or new physician orientation program, we want to inculcate that to take them where they are as a jumping-off point. So it's still the standard curriculum that I've been offering ACHE for eight years, but it's customized with their photographs, and it's not just the good news. It's sometimes the bad news, like the graffiti, like the paper signs in the hallway, or I may catch an employee smoking on a smoke-free campus. Or So it's done tastefully, and we also get the permission of the CEO before we show anything uh, obtuse as far as bad photographs, but it allows them to see not only what we are doing well and what we stand for, but the things that we're detracting and distracting away from the ideal experience. Jake Poor, it has been um, a great experience sitting with you for the last few minutes. Uh, your passion is evident uh, for teaching and for motivating leaders, um, and you should be proud and success continued. Thank sir. you, Chris. We really appreciate it. And again, uh, my name is Chris Caraggio. You are listening to the Healthcare Executives Podcast. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes, and we will see you next time.